0: Welcome to the Sacred Adventure Begin podcast. I'm your host, Emily. I am a Kentucky native, now Boston based artist, researcher, spirituality, and creativity teacher. I'm here to share with you stories and conversations that explore the sometimes subtle, sometimes epic ways that we as people discover our voices and begin consciously creating lives filled with meaning and expression. Powerful stories bridge the gaps between intellect and heart, between mundane and divine, between fantastical and practical, and I'm so excited to have you here sharing this space and being part of these conversations. Let's begin! Hey everybody, welcome back to Sacred Adventure Begin Podcast. I hope you are as happy to be here as I am. So back, I think the last release I did of an episode was maybe even like January, (laughs) February. Either way, um... Yeah. I feel like I owe you listeners another explanation for uh, why there's been so much time between episodes. And part of it is just, you know that saying, attention goes... Um, or, excuse me, energy flows where the attention goes. I have been just in a wonderful and beautiful state of surrender to creative flow. And specifically, I've been in my studio, which is now a ceramic studio, making these glorious and rewarding pieces where I'm mixing like little bits of nature um, and floral patterns and textures into my work. And I also had the opportunity to host a group show called Flora and Fauna, where I got to not only learn that it's safe for me to rely on others, which is a huge, huge life lesson for me. I'm not sure if it's that way for you or not. (laughs) But also that I had so much to gain from trusting others and from learning that it is okay, in fact, for me to be held. And that has been... Uh, almost revolutionary, I want to say, in my previous life. So before pivoting to focus on coaching individuals and teaching group classes on creativity and and life path with a heavy focus on spiritual practices to nourish and sustain both creativity and pursuing one's life path, bless. (laughs) So before I started doing this work, I was an art and art history professor and yeah, I was full-time, and one of my services that I was essentially required to do for the university was running and directing the art gallery space um, that we had at the university I taught at. And I have to tell you, this was such a stressful job for me. Artists, as you can imagine, often need like a fair amount of hand-holding, myself included. That is not a jab. It's just the way it is. Sometimes being... Focused on creativity means that we're also not focused on communicating or our schedulers or uh, getting um, our artist statement to the gallery director so they have time to print it before the show, that sort of thing. and. In doing this and taking care of this space and taking care of the people who are showing in this space, I was also teaching a full, what is called a full load. So three to four classes per semester and some summer classes, and also trying to make my own work. And so for me personally, I found that frequently, like both emotionally and energetically taking care of the gallery and doing what needed to be done there sort of emotionally and energetically bankrupted me. And it left me feeling like I was bearing the weight of the world on my shoulders. I was the only one, like, anytime we had work studies or people coming in, I was always having to train them and having to check their work and having to make sure things were hung um, appropriately. And sometimes they weren't. And sometimes mistakes were made. And then I had to deal with that. And it was... It was just a lot of stress for me. So for a while, when I exited academia and when we moved up here to Massachusetts, to Boston, I was not having it. (laughs) I was like, no, I'm not going to make art. I'm not going to show in galleries. I'm not going to curate shows. None of the things that I did professionally before this. It was just too much. And then on top of that, like, If any of you have ever run a gallery or thought about it, like there's also very physical requirements. There's hanging lighting, climbing on ladders, painting, um, maintaining staff for it, being present for show openings, dealing with drunk people, like all of it, all of it. Um, Yeah, filling in insurance forms. It's so much more than just like putting pretty pieces on a wall. And I really want to emphasize that I came away with this impression that if I wanted to show or like if if I wanted to be part of those environments, the majority of the work would fall to me. And I have to tell you that co-hosting the Flora and Fauna show with my friend Monique Rancourt, who has a gallery by the same name, Monique Rancourt Artisan Gallery, it's up here in Waltham. Uh, She also co-runs the gallery space next door called Lincoln Arts Project. Uh, Not only did the community members who were part of the show show up to help with all of the above. But it also felt like a real collaboration versus like a group project from middle school where you're like the only one who cares about the grade, (laughs) which is what art making and professional art production had felt like to me in the past. Not to mention the fact that if any of you know anything about academia, you constantly have to prove yourself every year over and over and over. There's like lists of things that you have to do and it, it really was like... I needed a break from it, and I took a break from it, and now I'm back to it. Um, Yeah, so so much of the social and sort of sharing energy for awesome, worthy, creative, interesting, and useful things, for example, like this podcast, have been directed to other events in my life, like art and dance currently. And I think we've already talked about pivoting and learning how to prioritize yourself and your needs, but we haven't touched on as much learning that creativity comes in waves and it's okay to move through the world and let things come and go without judgment. For example, I talked about in the last episode, um, not wanting to disappoint you, my listeners, not wanting to disappoint the folks that are on the podcast, um, and, and feeling like releasing judgment of myself for the pace that I naturally produce that. And I kind of want to bring us back to this, like when it comes to creativity, when it comes to making things that we put out that are forward facing for the world, when it's the right time, those things always return. It's not like if you stop doing something, it never comes back unless, you know, you don't ever want it to come back, which is also totally okay. So, (laughs) So it's going to be my most glorious pivot. (laughs) Speaking of dancing, (laughs) my energy going in that direction and returning to the dance scene, particularly the Balboa scene as both a leader and a follower has also been very healing and creative for me. And for the first time, I've really gotten the chance to, because I can dance both roles, meet and talk and interact more um, directly with people of gyms which has been, I think, really exciting and fun for me, too. And while I was at an event this past February, a Hot Rhythm Holiday in Texas, oh my god, it was so fun, I got to reconnect with today's guest, Jen Mundy, who is also a dancer and a cat profiler. What? Coolest profession ever. I'll let her tell you more about her life, but I was talking to her about what she does and she mentioned that she finds lost cats and it occurred to me that her story is one that you, my awesome listeners, may find interesting and also like fucking cats. Who doesn't love cats? That's what the internet's for, right? (laughs) So it's why this podcast exists because of cats, right? (laughs) Okay, I'll stop being weird. No, I won't. But during this podcast, you'll hear Jen talk about how she lost her cat and then her job and her savings, searching four months for her lost cat when her family thought she was nuts, her friends didn't understand what she was doing, and how this led to an epiphany in how to find and track her cat and then also an epiphany on how what she learned could be shared with others. And sometimes... I think, like, it's really interesting that this sort of bad situation led to something that some people would consider miraculous. For example, if your cat has been gone for three months um, or for any duration of time, I think I, I can't quite recall. Well, you'll listen in the interview and she'll give us the exact timeline. It can feel impossible. And... I think that the work that Jen is doing now in the world and how she's sharing things with people, you it's this really interesting intersection between like what you know, what you know is possible, and essentially intuition. And so I think her job is one where knowledge and strategy meets um, intuition and also action. So I think that you're going to find, number one, listening to how she created her business and the job that she has now as uh, really inspirational to you. If you are also on a path where you're sort of starting to learn how to surrender to the longings of your heart, uh, to believing in the impossible. And then I'm going to spoil it, but she does eventually find the cat, which is absolutely incredible. Uh, When she was sharing that with me, it was just like, wow, so many people would have just assumed that a cat was gone at that point, and she never gave up. And so it also is this, like, faith, the amount of faith present in that um, is incredible. So I'm happy to share her interview with you, and if you're interested in your, her work uh, while we're talking, you can look her up, she's at catprofiler.com. There's a lot of good, interesting, free things on the website, too, if you just wanna start interacting and like learning about your cat. Um, if you've ever had a lost cat, learning how to find the cat, she is the person to talk to. So without any further ado, Let's get into the interview. I'm super pumped about the guest we have today. (laughs) She is an expert cat profiler. (laughs) So if you all could join me in welcoming Jen Mundy to the podcast. Hey, Jen, welcome. Hi. Hi, thank
1: you so much for having me. This is an amazing
0: honor, really.
1: I think the work you do is just awesome. Well thank you,
0: yeah, the second you started when I asked you what you did in the world when we were having that conversation um, and just to let the listeners in on what we're talking about, um Jen and I met through swing dancing, <laughs> uh, Balboa specifically, which is this like obscure, wonderful vintage dance from the 1930s that came out of uh, like the California area and has taken the world by storm <laughs> I know <laughs> or or at least we want it to. <laughs> come dance with us. Uh, we were having a conversation and I asked Jen what she did, and she told me she profiled cats, and I was like, What? <laughs> so, so, since we've now gotten the listeners interested, can you tell them a little bit about what you do?
1: Okay. Um, well, uh, profiling cats. So, um, basically, um, y'all know um, Mind Hunter or Criminal Minds. Okay, so that's uh, the FBI uh, using. Um, behavioral science or behavioral profiling to find and catch criminals. Mm -hmm. And I developed a methodology of feline behavioral profiling. And I use that to find and catch lost cats worldwide. And I've been doing this for 20 years. And then I also do profiling in other, um, you know, for behavioral fixes. And lately I've been doing it just for fun. Where I view cats and I profile the cats and then everybody uh, has fun.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. And so, like, I still, every time you talk about this, I'm still so fascinated with it. But let's just like, let's talk first about how, like, maybe what your, you kind of touch on what your offerings are. So, you like help people find lost cats. And then, mm-hmm. did you also say that you help like fix naughty cats?
1: Well, I help humans get on the same page.
0: Ah, yeah, there's no fixing cats. They're already perfect. Uh, No,
1: everything's, (laughs) (laughs) well, everything's a negotiation, right? So like my cat will do certain things if he doesn't find them too degrading, you know? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And, but he won't do other things. And some cats are more amenable than others. And, and you have to find the fit. But usually when cats sort of act out or misbehave, there's a reason and they're stressed Mm -hmm. honestly it's usually human error not cat error so um yeah
0: (laughs) it's human error not cat error I love it so so they can find you folks can find you like if you're listening to this and you're like by computer you can check out the whole thing um Jen has a website called catprofiler.com spelled exactly how you would imagine it and uh there's like all kinds of links on there like what what kind of things can people find on there
1: Okay, so um, I have a web application that um, uh, takes a full history and profile, and uh, gives you a psychological profile of your cat and tell or your lost cat and tells you exactly where it is, Um, and predicts where it's going to hide and tells tells you the strategies that you need to get that particular cat home because every cat is unique and they all do different things when they're lost. And so that's pretty cool. And it's really affordable. Um, and then you can get coaching from me about lost cats or cat behavior. Sure. And then there's some silly stuff on there too. There's a dating game.
0: like. <laughs> <laughs> I love so this. Did you, did you play the game? <laughs> I haven't done it yet. No, I didn't discover it yeah, yet.
1: <laughs> so, so, so it's like if different cat breeds were writing their own Tinder profiles. Uh-huh. They're all a little, you know, it's tender, so Yeah. they're all not self-aware. Yeah. <laughs> True. <laughs> it's really hilarious is it works. Like, if you take it and, um, like, people keep saying, I'm winding up with my partner, not the cat that I want. And I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. It's a dating game. Yep. <laughs> also, it, like, helps
0: match people with potential, like, cat breeds.
1: Well, yes, but that was the original goal. I wanted to, um, you know, and then offer them shelter cats or whatever. But right now it's just a game with no, just for funsies. <laughs> cool.
0: I love it. I love it. So <laughs> cat tender. <laughs> I know. I know. Somebody mm-hmm. said that the other day. I forget where I heard that, that your animals are like your spouse. Or like you, like it's one or the other, or like like your partner, or like you, or like the partner that you want to have.
1: Yeah, yeah. People think that they're children, but they're not. They're like um, they're either you know feline roommates, or like my cat and I are in a very passionate relationship, and yes yeah. <laughs> fighting. And you know, I
0: look at you right now. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Our cat, uh, Big Spiderback, he um, loves my husband and only my husband. <laughs> I have, like, a whole, like, woo-woo story about how we got him that I, like, might grace the audience with at some point yes! in, this, in this session, but uh, let's talk, let's, let's stay on topic, Emily. So... <laughs> can you can get back to that no. yeah we can totally we could totally circle back to that actually let's just talk about our animals for a second and like listeners if you're into this I'll probably post a tell me about your animals on Instagram when this message comes out so you can join in the fun of telling us about your animals yeah uh, we had two dogs. And I was like still in my back injury, and I was going to this meditation center um, and I was taking these like intuitive development classes, because also coming out of back surgery, I had a lot of like extra senses (laughs) that I like was really uncomfortable with and like sensory things happening that I didn't understand and that were kind of scary for me. And so I that's one of the reasons why I started, I started the meditation practice before the back surgery because they tell you terrifying things going into back surgery. Like, there's a chance that this might not help you at all. There's a pretty high chance that you could die. There's this, there's this, there's this. You could be paralyzed. And so, like, you just, I, to, to deal with the overwhelm of that, like, regular therapy wasn't helping. <laughs> I had a full-time job as a professor. I, until that point, considered myself really not spiritual at all. And uh, so I I ended up in these meditation classes and taking this intuitive class. And there was like a three month period in the intuitive classes where like sort of all of the extra stuff went away and I just couldn't connect to anything. And uh, my meditation teacher would say, close your eyes. And I would close my eyes and she would say like, see a road. And I would see the road, and then immediately I would be taken to an image of a a red truck pulling up and almost hitting me, and it it would stop there. And then in all of my dreams, I would see a a red truck almost hitting me. And it was just recurring, recurring, recurring. It went on for about three months. And then one day, um, and I told my husband about it, everybody knew, because I was like, what is happening? What is going on? Why is this happening? This is so dumb. I hate this stupid red truck. Like, (laughs) I would like to be able to visualize literally anything else. And then I used to walk my dogs up to the vet's office just so that the vet could give them treats. So like, we're going on our weekly walk to the vet's office to to condition my dogs to like the vet. And and I walk in and they knew at this point that I like to take in animals that need a lot of love because, you know, whatever, you got a dying animal, I'll help it, okay, cool. Like, So the vet like looks at me and he goes, you know, Emily, I have a kitten that has a broken arm. He was dropped off by a man in a red truck who almost hit him. And I was Uh. just like, well, fuck. (laughs) Give me the cat. I like, my whole family's allergic to cats. I've never had a cat. My husband had never had a cat. So I called my husband and I was like, I think I understand the red truck dream. And he's like, thank God. (laughs) Because I would also wake him up in the middle of the night and be like, I'm getting hit. And he'd be like, You're not getting hit. You're in bed. You're fine. And um, yeah. So, and they had named the cat Trucker, which that just wasn't going to stick. No, so, no. took him home, named him Big Spider Beck. <laughs> much better name. <laughs> yeah, we agree. <laughs> and I stopped having horrible nightmares about trucks hitting me. <laughs> so, we now, we now joke that the cat used my abilities, hijacked my abilities to find Patrick.
1: That's awesome. You know, cats can dream walk. Really? That's, yeah. What? Yeah. They, yeah. They. You know, like they, I don't know if I'm using the right term for that, but they can walk into your dream and visit. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, yeah. I yeah. think that's you, that happened. You got chosen.
0: I did. Yes. And that's probably the only way he would have said yes to us having a cat too, you know, like it was, su- it was such an extreme experience for me. That finally, when I was just like, I think this will fix it. Pat was like, do anything, bring home a cat. I don't care. (laughs) So is your husband allergic to cats? We thought he was, but he's not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And actually he, the cat healed him because he used to come home like so stressed out after work. And um, I don't, have you met Patrick, my husband? I don't know. He's gone to all Balboa a couple times, which, again, listeners, uh, that's a an event in Cleveland, Ohio, which is awesome for this type of dance that Jen and I both do. <laughs> anyway, he would come home from work all the time, and he had this, like, great Kentucky Irish redheaded beard. And um, the cat, because he had a broken arm, was only allowed out, like, when he was a kitten, like, certain times. And we had to be careful with him and stuff and the cat would crawl under Pat's beard and just sit on his neck purring. And it was like all of a sudden Patrick couldn't wait to get home and was like so sweet when he came home instead of being grumpy and a jerk and like needing, you know, a half hour to a whole hour to like decompress, he would just like rush in the house and grab the cat and like have a little cuddle fest. So, yeah. It's wonderful.
1: (laughs) That's They give us so much, you know, they do They Throw do. Your heart into huge kitty sized shapes.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And they're so interesting. Mm-hmm. Like as, as little critters, uh, yeah. is interesting also being a like dog owner my whole life and now having a cat and like understanding cats and cat behavior to the degree that I do, which is is nothing compared to (laughs) what you've got going on over there. So, so I have to ask, like, how did you, how did you get into this? Oh God, okay, Um, (laughs) I'm sorry. Uh, Okay, it was a
1: mistake. (laughs) All right, I'm here for it. (laughs) But uh, also, um, there was a girl and she was very, very special. And um, she was a tortoiseshell, there were two girls there was a tabby and a tortoiseshell and the tabby was named tilda and she was um very chill uh more than chill she was like a little swami in a tabby kitty zipper suit you know like very wise and always very um uh it's like she was i always thought she was like on her last life you know she'd already learned all the the stuff and she was just getting Doing ready. all the
0: slow blinks sitting with the cross Yeah. Paw.
1: yeah. Oh yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, um, and then, uh, her sister was the exact opposite and she, this was my tortoiseshell Katka and she was, Oh my God, she was a nightmare. She was, um, if I <laughs> brought friends over, she thought they were monsters mm-hmm. and uh, she thought my family were like serial killers juggling chainsaws in clown suits yes. <laughs> her default was like must run away now so like she hid everywhere like inside the mattress or up you know wherever um the most furthest reaches of my apartment anytime anything places you didn't know
0: existed yeah
1: places i didn't know existed exactly um and what happened uh once and this is a long time ago um we had moved to LA so that i would you know i was going to grad school and my first night there um they fell out an open window because somebody hadn't screwed the screen in uh-huh. uh huh the next morning i woke up and there's you know the apartment is silent uh-huh. you know <laughs> and i look out the window and my and I'm in sort of in shock. I see the screen's not in the window. And I look down. I'm Baby? You know, and here's Tilda like, what? She comes out from under a bush. And she's like, what the hell? <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. A thing happened. Can you come and get me? You know, uh-huh. so yes, carried her up. Katka, gone. Totally gone. She wasn't answering when I called. Nothing. And um, so anyway, I, this story is only um, is important in that you sort of, I realized that different cats based on who they are do different things during the same, even if they're involved in the same event. Yep. And anyway, so, um, it took me a few days to get Katka. I was very, um, I was very lucky. Like underneath those apartments, there were crawl spaces. So mm-hmm. I, find, um, you know, pinned her down in a crawl space and she couldn't run anywhere. And then I was like, God, if I ever lose this cat again, I'm never going to find her. And, of course, you know, five years later, that happened for real. And, yeah, well, it started, you know, cat profile. So um, the next time uh, she got out, she was alone. And I was in – and there was no place to contain her. She just ran. And uh, she was gone for three months. And um, I know – and I, uh, the whole time she was gone, um, I was like, I, I couldn't go to work. I was devastated. Yeah. I, was, I was like, I wasn't sleeping. I was, I was just a wreck. I mean, I, I can't even explain how bad of a wreck I was. Like I wasn't, <laughs> this is so gross. I wasn't bathing. I wasn't cleaning my apartment. Yeah, I had, Like maggots in my sink because everything was all about trying to get Katka. you know? Yeah. And uh, every night I would stand. And this is like I said, this is a really long time ago. So I had. Um, this is like before the security cameras and all and yep. all that. And I couldn't have afforded them anyway. Um, so I was kneeling at my <laughs> window with binoculars, like watching the apartment complexes get <laughs> come and go. <laughs> it was horrible anyway um you're on a
0: stakeout
1: if you're going with the fbi reverence here i had like all these crazy traps like i was the crocodile hunter out there and i trapped all these cats and all these things that were not cats and i I started (laughs) and i started um observing the behavior of all these other cats and stuff and the whole time i was on message boards because like i said this is a really long time ago yeah um and I was getting help and then offering support on the lost cat message boards. And anyway, and I finally figured it out and I finally trapped her. I finally got my cat and she was, um, she was four pounds and she had, you know, she was,
0: Oh, oh my, my God, God baby.
1: I know baby. And she was covered with like, you know, wounds and stuff because yeah. she her. and, um, but she was so pleased with herself. I have this picture where she's like, Uh, at the vet. And she was at the, in the, in the hospital clinic of the vet for a month. Um, but I'd visit her every day and every day she'd scream at me and tell me this was all my fault. uh. (laughs) 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 But, um, Anyway, after I got her back, the people on the message board started contacting me and saying, can you do this for my cat? Yeah. And so I'm like, well, I don't know your cat. I can't predict what your cat would do. I'm like, well, if you can teach me about your cat, then maybe I can. Uh-huh. And then I started doing that a lot. And then I realized that I would rather be doing that than doing my day job. But, um, you know, I, and then it took me a long time to actually accept money for that and mm-hmm. my brother this guy and he's like you have to Mm -hmm. you know just you'll just you'll just stop doing this and 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 so um I did that and it sort of grew and uh that's it is funny though Katka uh never missed a profile I think she was the real cat profiler every time I talked to a client she'd be like right on my notes right on you know the maps and everything she'd be helping
0: oh really
1: yeah what I, ah, cats. I know. <laughs> she's very opinionated about it. You know, she'd be like, what? You started without me? Like, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> All right, get in here. We're going to talk about a cat. Tell me where you think it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> That's so interesting. Have you heard of dowsing? Yes. yes. Yeah. So she was like a cat dowsing rod on a map. <laughs> she was just here, <laughs> here.
1: <laughs> that might have been what she was doing. I I always think that she knew a lot more and she just was, then she was sort of communicating to me and she was sort of waiting for me to learn expertise. And I just never quite
0: got there. (laughs) I love this so much. So I feel like it takes like a tremendous amount of like focus and also um, like observational skills put something like this together. And I know that I, I heard you say that you, so you were on message boards. So were you also like mining, like data mining, like other people's cats, like what other people said about their cats to build the profiles?
1: Uh, yes. So when people start, um, a little bit and, and so on those message boards, there was like, a, a woman on the message boards who had who was a friend and then later sort of, she taught me quite a bit. Um, And uh, she had identified um, like there are only so many things that can happen to a lost cat, like categories, it's either this or this or this. this. And, um, but she didn't really get that. uh, She thought that every cat in that situation would have, would behave like X, you know, and she didn't really take into account the Tilda Katka thing where mm-hmm. when they fell out the window, same thing happened, but they're both do different stuff. Yeah, And so, um, and that's the huge thing, like in order to predict behavior, you have to understand behavior. Yep. So that's sort of what I brought to it. But the interesting thing is when you're talking to clients, you have to sort of tease out the personality of the cat mm-hmm. and then it's, it, it helps if you get videos of the cat or pictures of the cat because you can sort of read the cat body language and, you know, sort of get a real sense of their lives. Um, I had this one client uh, a couple of months ago. So this is so freaking awesome. Um, so, you know, she called and she's like, Mike, I did this. I was the worst mother in the world. I, I took my cat traveling and I shouldn't have done it. And uh-huh. she, she and then she started sending me these pictures of this cat that she's been traveling with. And this cat is um, striding across a beach in the middle of, and this, and this uh-huh. cat is like relaxing in a hammock, like in front of a hut that looks like it's from Gilligan's Island. And this cat is weighed the sea. And I'm like, your cat does not look unhappy.
0: To yeah. <laughs> You're
1: not a bad cat, mom.
0: <laughs> <laughs> not
1: a bad cat. This so yeah, you have to sort of sift through like the human noise to get to what's going on. And that's always an adventure. It's always fun.
0: What happened with that cat? You're not you're not gonna leave me in suspense here. Oh. oh totally. No, uh
1: two months later we got the cat. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Was, Where was it? Yeah.
1: <laughs> it was like not very far. So um the most of the time they're not. It had been to that, it was in the Isla de Holbox mm-hmm. in Mexico. And um, there are no cars, there are no predators, um, That's good. and it's actually, and it's an island, so it's the perfect place to be a missing cat, Like, and there are lots of other cats, which means there's, you know, people leaving food out, food yep. source, you just have to put down the food source, and as soon as we figured out where she was eating, then we can figure out, okay, this is how we get her, so then the owner went back, and I'm like, this is what you do, and then um, one night, the cat comes walking up, you know and uh she was just there you know at the right time <laughs> anyway then um so she <laughs> seven- how many months did you say it was 3 months later no i think that was 2 like two about what? 7 yeah 7 7 weeks later so the owner had to leave mexico without her cat yes no that part is devastating yeah. i people lose their cats on vacation and things yeah. it's de- cuz you know, like you're, you feel guilty anyway, but then you feel like you're abandoning them and 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 everything. And it's so hard to, usually the cats are okay, Yep. but having to leave them is so hard, you know?
0: Yeah. So Um, like you, I, I, I'm so fascinated. So your role in this was this, she reaches out, she sends you videos of the cat. You're like, this cat's a chill cat. This cat's going to be hanging out with some cat friends eating some delicious food. Here's how you find them.
1: Yeah, she was. It, it was a little more. She was. She was pretty spicy. That cat. She was very uh, territorial. Uh huh. And so, which is really good because that means that you know she's she's going to be the boss of this island. <laughs> and she <wanted laughs> cheese, Which makes um, the order like you put food out, and the alpha always eats first. Uh-huh. So it makes her. Functual, which makes her a lot easier to find than, like, say, Katka, who's waiting until squirrels eat before she eats. Um, yeah.
0: <laughs> As evidenced by her four-pound... Dramatic weight loss. Yeah. <laughs> her, her diet that got her down to four pounds. <laughs> oh, okay. baby. Okay. That's so... I just it's so cool that you can like do that. I, how much like when you were, okay, so there was another set, a series of work that you were interacting with where somebody had already identified like what cats do when they get loose, like what their options are. And oh, like you layered like essentially personal choice onto the top of that or personality inclinations on the top of that
1: yeah but also um there are other factors like there's um breed sex, age lifestyle um history temperament mm-hmm. and uh, yeah and past behavior really um there's yeah it was she went in a different direction um and she started training search dogs to find lost cats, and so we had a real yeah. <laughs> That does not. Don't do that.
0: Yeah, <laughs> like, castle. Oh, my cat likes my dogs, but I don't think cats like other dogs.
1: Yeah, uh, it's it, it does work if you're looking for a body. You know yeah. that works, but um, you it's just it's just yeah,
0: and yeah. So anyway, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, so sorry. I'm still like fascinated on on this. How um. What's your success rate with this just out of curiosity?
1: It's 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 pretty high. Um the um so I've helped find uh over 1200 cats worldwide. Wow. Yeah, uh the app is very successful. Um what I'm really doing is really just talking to people and, you know, reassuring them that mm-hmm. they're doing the right the app gives them, I call it an app, it's really a web application, but it gives them all the information they need um, to to find their cats. Uh, but, you know, sometimes it helps, like, just like the message boards helped me to yeah. sort of, okay, I did this tonight, and I did this tonight, and I'm going to clean my kitchen tonight, because, you know, my kitchen having maggots in it is not... <laughs> It's not helping anyone.
0: When the cat comes back, <laughs> she's probably getting to it It better be plain, because I'll have, have some explaining to do. I know. That's so, that's so relatable, though. But, like, I also think probably people need somebody to reassure them because imagine, like, flying back to a city you were just on vacation on without knowing if the cat's still alive or like what's going on with it. And you were able to tell her based off of what sh- the information she gave you about the cat, that it was likely that the cat was alive and eating first, which is like, that's awesome.
1: Yeah. And, and how to actually, you know, go from the cat eating to actually getting the cat, like yeah. getting her in her arms. Um, I have a weird skill and it's, I've always been able to talk people off the ledge Yep, And that's sort of like I was, um, created to do this. Yeah. You know, I've never never really been really good at anything else other than making people focus and making people laugh when they're upset Yep, and then supporting them and coaching them through that. Although I don't have any, I'm not, you know, I have no training in any of that. It just,
0: nothing. Sorry. Can you hear my cat going down the steps? In the background, yes, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Do What? Good boy. I know. It, it's almost his ritual treat time. He gets a pill and a treat it at three o'clock. Sometimes right before that, he starts getting um, noisy. Like, come, yeah, <laughs> come, give me a treat. Um. <laughs> yeah, They just, I like. I'm also just there's so much here. I'm trying to decide which, which thread to pull, um, on. Maybe the question that I want to ask is you were in grad school for what before this? Yeah.
1: So, so, um, well, I, uh, I, I did a master's of professional writing at USC oh, Cool. and, uh, the original plan, I was, uh, going to be a writer and I was writing comedy and, Although I was actually um, writing, um, uh, do, doing uh, technical writing, grant writing um, for money. And, and when Kafka got out, I was working at a biotech lab, sort of putting together the science journals and uh-huh. and all that. Of people who didn't have English as a first language and I was, you know, doing all that. and then, um, And then I decided I would take a hard turn. Yep. And be a detective.
0: <laughs> and, <laughs> I mean, like in, in her own way, Katka, is that how you say her name? Katka, yeah. Katka made you do that.
1: I know. She made me do that. She's like, well, you sucked at that. Well, not really, um, but you hated it. Yeah. You know, every time you did
0: this, your soul
1: died a little more.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I also think this is, like, a massive comeback story because, like, what you're describing essentially is, like, pretty severe depression. And, like, yeah. And then not only did you find the cat, like, but you also, like, brought yourself back from that state so you know what that feels like. And then you turned it into, like, a whole career. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like,
1: a long time to actually come out that I was a pet detective. I was still telling people, oh, no, 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 I'm a writer, I'm a writer. And then finally, um, I'm like, I'm a cat refugger. most, <laughs> 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 you know, like most people laughed at me and, you know, it's like, you do what? Ah, it's so hilarious, you're the cat lady and you're the cat whisperer and you're this. And, um, you know, the older I get, I'm like, well, yes, I am. Yep.
0: <laughs> okay i have to ask him how, how many cats do you have if you're going to call yourself a cat lady you better have more than three
1: <laughs> okay um well i had um i i only up one um, uh-huh. but there used to be four yeah uh, i lost two last year sad. So and um no thanks it was it was you know yep <laughs> um but um I, these two guys, uh, actually there's a, usually a endless stream of them who show up and they, you know, select
0: you Mm -hmm. and that,
1: that happens.
0: (laughs) Yep. I know about that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm now aware that they do that. (laughs) That, yeah, Yeah. it's incredible, but it's also like, so I'm going to share a theory with you and that is that I think that like creative people, like because I'm I'm branching you in with creative people because you told me you were a writer, but also like what you're describing where you're saying like, I imagine what the cat's going to do. Like that's your imagination. And it's like also like in 3D. So you're looking at it on a map. You're like feeling into it. What does the cat feel like in this situation? Like, what are they probably hearing, seeing, smelling, tasting? Like, what is, all, like, you're imagining, that's, like, coming from your whole imagination. I have this, I have this theory <laughs> that it's, like, our imagination or part of our imagination that gets our brain sort of, like, open to then, like, receive extra information or be sort of, like, connected in those, like, ways where, you become the person who's the cat whisperer. Like you're suddenly able to understand the cat at a level that like maybe somebody who is studying the cat in a lab could never understand the mat. And it's like that involvement of like all of your senses and your intuition and your creativity and, and like all of that. Um, I promise that this is going into a question. And the question is what is the like craziest, I can't believe that we found this cat. Like what a, what an amazing moment story that you have.
1: Um, first of all, I love that about the creativity and the everything tying together. It, it, that almost, uh, when it happens, it's really beautiful. Yep. And you can translate that to the owner. But I, I really feel like the owner has all those skills. They just need to be, you know, because the owner knows their cat a lot better than I ever will. Yeah. And they just need to back into that space. Yep. You know? Yeah. So, um, okay, the, the craziest story, the one I'm um uh there are a couple. Uh there was one in Cam- in Cambodia.
0: Stop. <laughs> is this
1: another vacation kitty? No, they were living in Cambodia. Like, okay. these, these expats. <laughs> and um I I can't remember I can't pronounce the city. What is it? Phnom Ben or something oh, don't uh ask me. sorry I'm- <laughs> um, anyway and it's just like so for weeks after I found that cat um I did I didn't find it the, the owners found it uh but he was a gorgeous little orange tabby and he loved to drink water out of the faucet Uh-huh. and he had to turn on his tap water for him and everything but uh anyway he got out and um but the- because of the population of cats in the area it's much more difficult to find those cats when there are so many other cats, which is what went wrong with my original story with Gatka. There were all these other cats that I had to sort through mm-hmm. anyway. Um, and we finally got them on a roof um, uh, near their um, apartment. And just the fact that it was in freaking Cambodia, I was singing holiday holiday in Cambodia for like weeks. I was, <laughs> I was so pumped. And then uh, there are a couple in Dubai, That is same deal like Uh they they just there's overpopulation of strays and when you leave food out like people take the food it's just a nightmare but yeah I have a couple of them
0: yeah like walk me through the thinking process like did you tell them to like sit up on a roof and wait for the cat like how did you know the cat was gonna be on the roof
1: on that one yes
0: I did uh,
1: because it just made sense. Like the area where they were living, like there were cat, there were cats, other cats on the roof uh-huh. and like the streets were so noisy and there's a lot of foot traffic and all this. And I'm like, you need to be putting, you know, putting food out on your roof, you know, mm-hmm. and um, I should show you a picture. Cause the roof was like laid out like next to their window or their sliding glass door. I'm like, just start attracting the cats to you. And then as soon as you're sort of in the same space, um, so cats do this bizarre thing where when they're unsure or um, when they're in new environments or something, not all cats do this, like Dilda didn't, but um, most cats do. They, they revert back to a very instinctual sort of feral behavior. Mm -hmm. And you see it when you take your cat to the vet or when you turn on the vacuum cleaner, the cat's like, "I no longer trust you, stranger. You will have to earn my love again."
0: Yes. And, yeah. Are you going on vacation? And, yes. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Yes. We begin again as strangers. Uh, <laughs> so, so the um, the uh, but the cats when they're lost, they they don't even have any sort of touchstone usually cats get a lot of their confidence from the people that they live with Uh and they've been separated even from that. They've been separated from their territories, from those they love. And so they're completely, you know, living on instinct. And so if you can break that instinctual barrier, you can get them close and you can get them to come to you, but it takes a tremendous amount of patience and it takes like getting them to come to the right place, knowing where they're going to come, you know, and I'll tell you what, um, that feeling that I get or that anybody gets when um you get that text or that phone call and you see the picture of the cat yep. in the human and you're just like, Guess who's back? Yes who's back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm addicted to that feeling. It's like it's higher than any high.
0: Yeah. You know,
1: it's like pure unadulterated joy.
0: Yep that's so cool that you can bring that to people like I I know that you're saying like people can figure this out on their own but I like I don't I, I mean maybe they can but like I think there is something really special about like um having the ability to connect all of the dots and then to like create the plan for it and then also like the human element to like tell people like it's going to take patience and you're going to set food out for like however long a month or weeks and just wait. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. 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 But then they do and they got their cat back in Dubai.
1: (laughs) Dubai. (laughs) uh, Yeah. Um, So uh, it's hard. It's harder than it sounds actually, because most of the people in their lives Mm -hmm. tell them that it's not. People don't really understand Uh, lost cat behavior, Um, all the lost pet behavior that we know about that's out there, it's all based on dog behavior. And it has nothing to do with cats. Like, it's all based on um, going on next door and seeing if there are sightings. And that, yeah, it works for some cats. Like, it would work for Tilda, again. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, you know, there are a great many cats that it will not work for. And so people think immediately you know coyote or I'll just never know the truth and it it messes with you you know that's trauma you can never properly grieve yeah because you just what happened but how do you live in a like in a marriage where one partner says you know no give up I can't deal with the grieving and the other wants to keep hunting
0: mm-hmm. it's, oh yeah that know. would that would be really rough yeah, it, yeah so it you're is. also a marriage if, counselor? I but I'm totally For people who have lost their roommate? <laughs> I know. It
1: does. It comes up a lot. And I am totally unqualified to do that. And it's, it's. Um,
0: <laughs> I feel that way as a dance instructor sometimes. <laughs> yes.
1: Yes, exactly. You know.
0: Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> so like at the end of the day, and I think this is true for what you do too. What you're talking about is communication. Yes. Yeah. Yes.
1: It's funny. As a dance instructor, I was the world's worst dance instructor because I can't believe I'm also coming out about this. I used to um, give my students like little chocolate bars when they, you know, I'd get like the big, whenever uh-huh. they do like proper posture or they do yeah. like or they'd pivot. <laughs> and
0: the chocolate. <laughs> <them>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, are
1: you using animal
0: behavior. Pavlovian conditioning to get you to put your neck and shoulders in the right spot for a (laughs) toss-out. Hey, that's that's what I did. And I'm...
1: (laughs) I should probably not be teaching. No. (laughs)
0: Wrong.
1: It was fun. It was freaking fun. I regret nothing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And... um, Okay. So on the thought of communication as somebody who really, I like, I will admit, I don't, I love cats. as especially love my cat. Um, <laughs> how, like, how do you think about communicating with your cat? Like, what are the things that you look for or what sort of like advice would you give people at large if they're looking to have like to deepen their relationship with their like cat or maybe even dog? Like, what are the things that you sort of tune into and notice about your animals that like makes it a two-way communication street?
1: Okay. So, um, I don't know really that much about dogs. Um, answer for cats. <laughs> answer for cats. All right. So, um, you can tell what they're saying, even if they're not meowing. Um, you have to watch ears, whiskers, tail, eyes, fur, and, um, and then what they actually do. Mm-hmm. So cats have like um, the amazing ability to, to you know, implant thoughts in your head. You know, you just yeah. have to pay attention. If I walk down the
0: steps really loud. Come give me my medication early. Yeah, there you go. That's communication. Yeah. There you
1: go. Um, so when you're trying to develop like a, a close bond with a feral cat, you know, you don't want to reach out and grab it. You know, you want it to get used to the sound of your voice first, and you want to really bat your eyes at that cat and Aww. get it to sort of soften its face a little. And always watch the whiskers and see if the whiskers are relaxed or if they're really alert or if they're, um, or if they're, you know, what the position of the whiskers, what the tail is doing. Like last night, um, uh, I was I was working here at my desk, and um, my cat got up. And he let me know that he was annoyed, and I'm like, "Dude, did you just whack your tail at me?" Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Whack," and it wasn't like a little, yeah. you know a flick. It's like it started with a flick, and then okay. it became a thwack. And because I was no longer allowed to be typing, uh, or else there would be some,
0: um, you know, consequences, which uh, you can see the were. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, ours does the thwack as well when you've been typing too long. <laughs> Again, mostly yeah. on my husband, not on me. He leaves me alone. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, no, they they communicate effectively. And then there are all these different vocalizations too. Yep. And you get to know cat's vocalizations. Like there's the and then there's the you yep. know. The hunting or the prey call, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, with the little jaw yeah. thing. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: We've seen that. And then, there's, and then there's the mom, mom, I just brought home a mouse. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we, oh, we nicknamed him Ted Katsinsky. Speaking <laughs> of profiling. Because when we were in Kentucky, he would sit on the porch. And in Kentucky, um, we had those skinks. You know, those little lizards that have the detachable tails when they get in trouble? And he would just line up, like, the little detachable tails on the porch. Like, he would catch them when they tried to come on the porch, and they would be in a little line next to the door. And we were like, oh, my God, he's collecting them. He's a good boy. (laughs) (laughs) He is. There's not not as much for him to catch up here. But... (laughs)
1: finding lost cats is is exactly like trying to find the unabomber
0: (laughs) yeah 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 tell me more
1: (laughs) yeah how did you yeah it's (laughs) like yeah that's what they do they They go and find some
0: yeah pull up (laughs) yep they're they're so weird and they're so lovable let me ask you another question that I think people who listen to the podcast can relate to too. And that is, um, when you were making that shift, so you have a graduate degree in writing and you were writing professionally. And you mentioned that like telling people you were a cat profiler was a little weird at first, <laughs> What was it like in the beginning? Did you immediately start off making enough money to support yourself or did it take a little while? And if it no. did take... Oh, no? Yeah.
1: No, it took a long time. Um, I had to um, move in with my parents uh-huh. and just um, give up, you know, this um, this idea that I would be... Uh, but um, I had very... Um, my parents are are rebels, you know, they're always sort of, you know, and my I came from a science-y background, my dad was in research and everything, he's like, and he used to brag about his daughter, the cat profiler, which is oh, so <laughs> humiliating, but, um, you know, and all these other kids that I grew up with, they're all professionals, you know, they're professors, uh-huh. or they're doctors, yep. or they're lawyers respectable jobs and here's like pet detective yeah and um but anyway it it helps that my parents were proud of me yeah and yeah and um so no I did not make a ton of money um now uh I do have some savings but I'm in another transition where during the pandemic everything shut down and I I'm like well what do I want to do and I really want to make this I don't know what to a technology, like of being yeah. able to find cats. I think everybody should have this Yeah, and have it available. And yep. that's why I made my application. I really want to find everybody's lost cats and everybody should know how. Yeah. If they want. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I did it, but I, I used my savings to do it. Yep. So I'm still not, I, I need to pick up the business end again, mm. but I'm, it's, it's hard to pick up again, you know? Yeah, I do. It's, yeah.
0: yeah. Anytime you go, I, anytime you go into a business for yourself, I feel like there's a like trust fall that's happening and it doesn't stop. It's like there, <laughs> first there was the trust fall of investing in everything that I needed for the website and this and then that, and that, which also took money and time and Then I had, I needed classes on how to sell things and then I needed this and then I needed like, and, and then you think you get to a point and then, like you said, I have another dream. I want to make this bigger scaling, scaling, right? And then that's another trust fall. Like, it sounds like that's what you're saying, but I'm just also curious, like, I mean, for people who maybe feel like, um, like they have a dream, like they've always wanted to be a baker, but right now they're an accountant or, um. They want to they help people find lost cats. <laughs> How did you deal with that, like, personally of, I, I'm doing, yeah, I have, I have a, a degree. I have a job that pays my rent. And then I'm going to, like, what some people would say, go backward and move in with my parents. Like, it's not going backward. 100%, I'm not saying that. Like, but for some people, it can sometimes feel that way, like, to accept support from other people or to accept support that isn't like on their own terms. Like, so how did you deal with that? How did you push through that?
1: Um, I don't, uh, I I think it goes back to, um, like quality of life, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, so it's like, well, you can keep doing this thing that you hate Mm -hmm. and this will be your life. Yep. You know, or you can do this thing that doesn't pay that much, but it gives you so much. They're like, it completely gives you so much that's much more important than, and I'm I'm fortunate that I have this, you know, I was able to live with my parents and I had that to fall back on. Yep. Um, other people, um, maybe if they start doing their passion as like a side hustle mm-hmm. and sort of see, gives them that kind of joy. Yeah. And, and build at least it slowly you're doing, that way. At least they're doing the thing that they love that gives them so much joy. You know, yeah. I have a friend whose side hustle is what she really, really likes. And then the work is, you know, it's just what she does to pay the rent.
0: Yep. I also think we can normalize doing what we really, really like and not needing to make money off of it either. Like, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Like the thing
1: that I really, really, really like the, or I'm liking the best right now, is interviewing cats and then writing about them. And I don't make diddly squat from that. <laughs> Wait,
0: time out. What, <laughs> <laughs> Jen? You did not mention this to me earlier on.
1: <laughs> I okay. So what I've been doing since I made the web application. I've been, had a lot of free time. So I've been traveling around and I'm like, well, i trying to make connections, trying to increase publicity. And I don't, I'm not good at any of that. I'm actually really bad at all the business stuff. Mm-hmm. What I'm good at is talking to people about their cats. Yeah. So I've gone to like different businesses and different places like cat cafes and libraries with cats and at any small business that's run by a woman that has a cat
0: like these criteria
1: (laughs) yeah i'll roll in there and i'll interview the cat and then i'll promote the business and i'll write about it yeah and then um i really love doing that i just love it so like okay can
0: you tell me how did these interviews go Do you have a little tiny cat microphone? <laughs>
1: I should. I should. It's, I feel like that would be sort of demeaning. I just so, so like the interview. So, um, I, you should read one. I'll send you one of my blogs from my yes, cat <laughs> Not In that one, the cats are actually doing the voices because sometimes the cats talk to me and sometimes they don't. You know, and sometimes the owners won't give me enough information. That's like the window into the cat's brain. Or oh. sometimes they're very generous and they'll tell you about all the different cats that are working in the thing. I went to this um, library in um, North Texas uh, and uh, there was a library cat working there. And I didn't talk to anybody, but that cat, cat talked to me. <laughs> yeah. So I was yeah, and I was able to sort of talk about the cat, you know, and that that was so much fun. How do, I didn't answer your question. What do the interviews look like? Uh they usually look like um so, you know, tell me about Socks. How old is Socks? Like they, they look like a cat profile, you know. Uh-huh. You just get all the behavior questions and then you sort of tease out from the owner like the crazy stories and the Yeah. And then you get cat and then you watch the cat and then you can sort of tell what the cat is
0: thinking are you like also (laughs) writing these like profiles like actually when you talk about this I hear this voice in the back of my head that's like um, an old detective movie voice and it's like it was a Tuesday (laughs) yes exactly. (laughs) exactly. it was sunny outside (laughs) when I met furry (laughs) that's exactly the vibe Yes,
1: and she walked in. She was trouble. Yeah, I could tell.
0: <laughs> oh my god, you need to narrate these like that. <laughs> Get some of that like um, music going in the background. You know, like sultry jazz music. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. I think, I think we just landed on something. <laughs> all right. Uh, all joking aside, I love that. So you're interviewing cats. Yes, yes, I am. I am. I also like that as, so did that also come out of the like pandemic, like what's next kind of, you know, dreaming, thought processing
1: well um I uh, with the um, I have a team of young women who um, just graduated from um, my alma mater uh, Trinity mm-hmm. and I hired them to do my branding and my you know marketing and my everything and um and they managed the web application and so they you know, Um, so they do all the branding and stuff and but they're like we need more eyes on this we need more publicity Mm -hmm. and so out of that came the dating game and also I made a list of things that I do not entirely suck at and it was like the talking to people talking to cats like yeah totally writing little blurbs about the cats but the and all the other stuff like um I don't know, like the social media and all that, I suck big time. Like I am terrible. I'm I'm just not, but I can, yeah.
0: If it makes you feel any better after Facebook, um, or excuse me, after Apple put in all of that anti-tracking software, it made Mm -hmm. um, the algorithm weird. And so everyone is struggling with social media right now to number one, to get traction. Number two, like Mm -hmm. as a consumer of social media to see posts from people we actually care about, like, yes, and ads are much less effective. So you're paying a lot more for the leads that you're getting if you're running ads. And there's, I've been part of a really interesting discussion and and something else that this may or not be uh, interesting to the listeners, but I'm going to tell you about it because it's part of the conversation, but um we were talking about how what we think will happen with social media because it can't keep going this way either. Um, Because it's also like a – I described it as, as Fenrir from the Nordic legends. He's the hungry wolf that eats the world in the end times. Like, you have to keep feeding this thing to get your stuff out there, and it's hungry all the time. Like, people just float through content like this, swipe, swipe, swipe listen to five seconds of a video that you spent an hour on you know and so it it's like it's a, a thing that has to constantly be fed and it's not it's not a sustainable thing right now either and so it, it has something has to happen and it, it's changing and it's interesting to be sort of like thinking about social media and thinking about how we find each other in the world like outside of social media too yeah and so I think what you're doing with the cat interviews is really cool. That was a really Thank long you. way of saying that. <laughs>
1: I'm, I'm really glad you said that. Cause I've been told not to do it anymore. Like
0: yeah. it doesn't make,
1: don't Correct. do this. Yes. And I'm like, it, it doesn't just bring me joy. Like I'm not doing it for vanity. Like these businesses can, can get eyes, like more eyes on their business um, by these tiny articles that I'm doing and yeah. that's
0: it you yeah know? it is yeah so do it because you want to do it yeah. yeah 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 which is also like why I why I do the Sacred adventure begin podcast <laughs> yeah because <laughs> it's like fun and community affirming and I like I like having conversations with people like you
1: yes yeah I know it's just it's amazing to be a part of this yeah
0: yeah. Thank. I mean, thank you for coming on. <laughs> so if I asked you this and you can answer this question however you want, um, but sort of like thinking about how you build a life that is meaningful to you and how you end up doing work that is meaningful and also supportive of you in your life. Like what sort of advice would you give people in taking steps toward that?
1: Oh boy. Um, <laughs> I can tell people <laughs> uh, <laughs> how how to have better relationships with their cats. That life. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Um, I guess it's like beginner dancer advice. You know, um, just accept that you're a beginner and you, you're gonna suck at this. Yep, and
0: it's gonna and feel you, awkward as heck. It's
1: gonna feel so awkward, and you have to embrace the suck and just lean into it. And just feel like, yes, I'm a total beginner, and I'm learning, and I'm figuring stuff out, yeah. and it's okay if I screw up. That's fine because yeah. I'm going to a yes. lot.
0: Yes. Oh, my gosh, yes.
1: And, uh, yeah, I'm really good at failure.
0: <laughs> so am I. It's nice to find a, a fellow failure. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I'm old enough that I don't, you know. <laughs> I don't really care when yeah. I feel You know, like, oh, you know, I, that didn't work out so well. Well, okay, on to the next thing. You know, yeah. So, you know, yeah. When I was, stuff mattered a
0: lot more. <laughs> I feel that too. Yeah, yeah. it does. It it all seems important, like right now, yeah. when you're younger. Yes. Yeah. Like and, every little thing is life or death. Or, ugh. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Just think about grad school. Oh, God. <laughs> sorry, sorry, listeners. That was a really loud, evil laugh. If you're thinking about going to grad school, go. It'll change your life. You'll learn a lot of things. It'll be amazing. But also, like, the test, you, the yeah. article you're writing, whatever research you're doing, it is not, no one's dying from that.
1: No. Uh, it's, it's, I, I feel like I'm qualified to do absolutely nothing after this expensive yes. education other than... Um, talk to people about their cats. And I'm not even qualified to do that. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> but you made yourself qualified to do that. Like, think of all that. I mean, <laughs> this is the other thing that I find, like, interesting about this, is you're not, like, a cat scientist. You're not a veterinarian either. Like, veterinarians don't have the experience you have. And, like, yeah. can't, can't think about it in the same way that you do either. And yeah. probably probably veterinarians wouldn't have spent three months finding the cat either
1: well no they wouldn't have had the time
0: correct yeah they wouldn't have had the time and there's probably another cat waiting for a space in their home already you know so it's like you're uniquely positioned to be a cat profiler and how many years have you been doing this 20 yeah so
1: um when um when they got out the first time in L.A., that was 96. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, just over 20 years for the 3 months time that she was out since I opened up shop as
0: cat profiler. Yeah. You you have the Ph.D. in cat profiling. I have just given that to you. <laughs> Here's your diploma. <laughs> I love it. I love it. But yeah. Yeah, I think there's also uh, – I think people – sometimes, like, over-educate, or they, uh, a lot of people in the, um, like, meditation and spiritual community will be like, I have a certification in Reiki and yoga and this and this and this and these 20 other healing modalities, and they still aren't putting their practice together because they feel like what you're saying, like, I'm not an expert or I'm not qualified or, like, who who told me I could do this? That's the other thing that's cool about this for you. Like, you, you were just like, I'm going to do this. <laughs>
1: well there was something else driving me um it's it's like i felt really guilty that i got my cat back cuz there were a bunch of other people on the message boards who didn't yeah and i i couldn't like live with myself if i didn't do everything i could to help these other people and i still have that you know that sort of i don't know if that's survivors guilt or what But I, so that's a very powerful motivator. Yeah. Like just, I'll just save one more. I'll just save one more, you know?
0: Yeah. Um, When I was working with my first meditation teacher and we were talking about, like, I guess I was doing an, an, an analysis of, like, sort of what my values are so that I could, like, make choices based on that. Because I was, like, okay, the university I used to teach at has offered me another position, Um, but it was miserable and I have this other thing kind of like the, what you're talking about, like, but I'm, it's going to take a while before it's lucrative for me. So I could do this just to make money and and then this will fall by the wayside a little bit. And she literally looked at me and she's like, what? Like, you need to know what you actually want from life because one of these is going to take you in one direction and one of these is going to take you in another direction. And like, wherever you end up, it has to be meaningful for you. And we discovered, and I think this is one of your values, one of my values is altruistic joy. Like, I love it when I help someone have a success. Like, that is really enjoyable to me. And so, like, I, I know you're saying you feel guilty, but you also have altruistic joy. Like, when you help somebody, when you reunite cat and owner, <laughs> like, you experience joy from that.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. And um, it's not just that. It's, um, like, the behavior clients, uh-huh. you know, when when I have... A human and a, a and a cat who are really not connecting, and then I get them working together, and then all the problems just disappear. And then I see like Instagram posts of the cat doing all these amazing things and living its best life. Yes, I give such like ah, my work here is done. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Altruistic joy. <laughs> yes. So good. So good. It does. And it's like, if anybody out there listening needs to hear permission that, like, it's safe and okay to orient your life toward joy. Like, it's safe and okay and even good. Like, you're not supposed to be miserable all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I know. (laughs) (laughs) You all can't see us, but our eyes both got really wide. (laughs) (laughs) We were both channeling grad school. (laughs) Ah! Man, well, this has been so much fun. (laughs) It If folks want to reach out to you to play the dating game or to get help, oh, this is a question. Can you help people remotely with their cat and their cat's communication? Yes. What are you calling those sessions?
1: Just their behavior Zoom sessions. Cool. Uh, Lost Cat Coaching, I do worldwide. Awesome. Uh, I guess I could do behavior Zoom worldwide. I just need to see the cat and the territory. Uh Uh-huh. So they'll just have to bring their screen around the house. Yeah. And then talk to me a lot and tell me what's
0: going on. Yeah. That's so cool. So they can, is all of that on the catprofiler.com? Yep. It is.
1: And the dating game is on there too. Catprofiler.com. Your perfect match.
0: (laughs) You did that. I went there. Uh, (laughs) I'm here for it. So it works out.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's on the homepage and, um, everywhere else I'm on all the socials at, at cat profiler, um, except for Facebook. I'm at the cat profiler. And I think it's because at cat profiler is also me, but I fucked it up somehow. You lost your password. Yeah. I've done that before. Yeah. So at the, but everything else, TikTok, whatever. All that
0: at Caprofiler. YouTube at Caprofiler. Cool. Cool. Well, thank you again for being on the Sacred Adventure <laughs> Begin podcast. And folks, you can find all of Jen's um, links in the show notes. Yes. Thank you
1: so much, Emily. I hope you play the dating game and tell me how it goes. And I'll send you
0: one of the articles. Yes. Yes, please do. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Sacred Adventure Begin if you feel inspired by these conversations please consider joining us on patreon and supporting the podcast your donations help keep us up and running and start at just two dollars a month patrons now get additional episodes of the podcast as well as art images and readings at a super affordable monthly rate and i would love to personally welcome you into that community Special thanks and shout out to all the Patreon members who are currently out there and all of the donations Sacred Adventure Begin has received to date. It has been such a pleasure supporting you and helping you focus in on the truth, meaning, and wisdom that can be found in our lives and experiences. Thank you too for everyone out there listening. Know that I am sending you so much love, so much awareness, and so much self-acceptance at whatever stage in your journey you find yourself on today.